Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of The Memory Machine, the first full episode that we're recording this year. Holy smokes. I know. January's almost over. I know. It's it's been a it's been a while, folks. Uh, I am your host Nate Lockhart. I host this anecdotal historical pop cultural podcast. Uh, and this week we are talking about the uh, the cool old things we discovered last year. It's kind of a oh. year-end wrap-up sort of thing that we're doing. Oh. Um, you guys sent me some responses. In, in with the old, like it's the new. <laughs> hey, boy, I should have thought of that when I was like uh, promoting this thing. <laughs> well, um, you done goofed. But yeah, man, it's uh, it's been a day since we've done this. <laughs> it's been uh, a long December. Yeah, it's been. Um, Long <laughs> but uh, I don't know how you guys feeling. How you guys feeling being back here recording a podcast? Who, who are we? Uh, oh, who are you guys? Anyways, mm. yeah, aren't we supposed to be introduced? Mm-hmm. You're, uh, mm-hmm. you're, uh, well, you're a kind of a Drew. I'm Jeremiah Tyler. <laughs> okay, and uh, who, who, who are you, Burgle? Uh. <laughs> Burgle Johnson. <laughs> oh boy. My name is Drew Burke. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you may remember me from the first Memory Machine podcast. That's right. And also some other ones that appeared here and there. Right. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Failed video game consoles. I remember. Yes. That was a really fun one that we got to do. The, wrestling quiz. The best one, of course, was the serial mascots. Oh boy. That's uh. I've had I've had a couple people go up to me and say like, "Oh, that's my favorite one." Well, yeah, because we <laughs> were quite literally just eating cereal and shouting excitedly about, about, about Frankenberry yeah, and Yummy Mummy. Which is, I'm not gonna lie, if you liked that podcast, just come eat breakfast with me someday. That's basically what 6:45 in the morning is like at my house. I love it, and Man. you are morning person when you're up you're up Boy, how so, am so if I? you're if you're like that go see drew i'd imagine the sugar from all that cereal lends itself to the yelling and the enthusiasm <laughs> uh, you, you know what i would i would venture to say that you might have just stumbled onto one of the secrets of my entire existence <laughs> it, it should also be said that while this podcast is going on uh drew is working on a little project and we are getting the sweet smell of rosin-filled solder. Yeah, um, I'm soldering while we're talking to you right it's now. It's pretty great. It feels like one of those tech podcasts. Drew, Drew insisted. Video. Was that? Oh, Drew yeah. insisted. Yes, he did. Yes, soldering he did. during this podcast. Yes. yes, he did. Oh, who's the other guy here across from me? My name is Andrew Parks. Oh, you've been I, on things. I am. Yeah, I've been on things. I am. Um, I was part of the uh, Muppety Puppety Christmas that's uh, right. podcast. <laughs> I also was in the Vinyl Records episode, and uh, uh-huh. we, there was a uh, superhero episode I was a part of. Yeah, there was one about uh, five top five nostalgic summer movies. Yes, nostalgic summer movies. That was really fun to do. Now, yeah, was really fun to do. now this one I don't believe was Andy's Muppet Christmas one. I believe it was a different Muppet Christmas one in which there was a question of whether or not things were a Christmas musical. And you talked about the Muppet. Oh, that was right? last. Yeah, that that was a couple weeks ago. Yeah, so that's uh, well, so, so the uh, last Muppet, month, last Muppet month. Christmas also came up during that one. Yes, it did. Uh, and I have some I have some qualms with that podcast. Okay. But <laughs> as a supporter of the show, I'm not going to get too into them, except mm. for the fact that most of your logic was horribly wrong. <laughs> um, and I think if you haven't listened to that episode yet, skip it. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, you, right. you know, you know what's funny? I looked at that. I got fifty extra listens on that episode Get during the month of, of January. Get out of town. Christmas Menagerie got a lot of listens, and wow. I did not do much research on it. I'll tell you what. Except I did sing uh, "Little Drummer Boy" those "Peace are, on Earth" at those, the end of it. Those are fifty <laughs> listens you're not going to give back. <laughs> Jokes on you, listeners. Yeah. Oh boy. 
but uh, yeah, I, I didn't do a week on Geek uh, this week just because I mean, we're going to be all over the place as it is talking about. Yeah, this is this. sort of a, a broad and random. Oh, this one. is a real right. grab bag. Um, and this is honestly the January hangover. Everybody's yes. trying to get back into the swing of their lives. Yeah, right. Uh, this is not, no one expects the the January month to be the most structured, organized. That's not true. Uh, I expect the first four days of January to be the most structured of any human's life. <laughs> Every year, if you want if you want something done, ask someone to do it the first like four days of January when they're like, yes, yes, I'm going to be on top of things this year. Right. Oh, get it all done. I see what you're saying. Uh, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. The, uh, uh-huh, and then uh-huh. immediately afterwards. So don't ask anyone to do anything like January 12th. Boy, I never feel that way. I, as soon as January 1st hits, like I'm sleeping. That's <laughs> not. Nate, Nate goes happening. full hibernation mode. Yeah, he's basically uh, Garfield. Yeah. Yeah. Feel, yeah. Boy, Mondays. Uh, <laughs> oh, January. January. He does love lasagna, so it kind of tracks. Yeah. <laughs> So here's the first uh, the first ones I want to read here about because uh, people sent in you know uh, what things what cool old things they discovered uh, last year, and I want to start with Twitter. Um, Twitter is the feedback that I tend to appreciate the most. People discovered Twitter last year. They sure did. Uh, it's old. Uh, it's like ten years old now. Oh, Twitter. Tw- Twitter is over ten years old at this mm. point. So, I don't uh, think it's going to catch on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, that public offering sure is going to tank. I think it's at thirty three dollars a share right now. Is it really something like that? Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, uh, but this first person here uh, was, I, 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 this is the exact kind of response I wanted to get to sort of show um, the breadth of what I was asking for. Like I, I like I, it didn't matter what it was, how, like if it was, I don't, like what, what kind of pop culture it was. I okay, wanted to hear okay. about it, everything and anything. So this first response I got was um, from a Twitter user at dr doctor underscore Abel, A-B-E-L, underscore Gideon, G-I-D-E-O-N. And uh, and, and uh, she said, I snagged a first edition copy of The Mysterious Affair at Styles by Agatha Christie at a thrift store. Oh. Yeah. And she said, seriously, I've been keeping an eye for, for Poirot novels at thrifty prices because I honestly don't want to pay new book prices for stories that have been around for 50 plus years. That's reasonable. Yes, it is. Uh, alas, no one ever seems to want to part with their with their Christie. And she says, I stumbled upon this gem accidentally. Wow. That's great. Mm-hmm. Might I say, I watched the new Murder on the Orient Express. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, with the exception of like two very small action sequences that they added to it, I mm. felt that it was, uh, while obviously like a departure from the original, mm. I, I thought that they, I thought that the important aspects remained true to it, even uh, in terms it, of like, it, the cinematography. It had the right spirit. Yeah, it had the mm-hmm. right spirit of, and even in terms of the way it was filmed, even in terms of, of the cinematography of it, I really thought it had the spirit of it more so. I would say than the David Suchet's, just because there's David the, those. Suchet's, is that... He's he's the he's the one who's done every oh, single oh, episode, it's like the TV, yeah, yep. yeah. Okay. Um, but he his and his are his are faithful, his are wonderful. Uh, adaptations, and I've probably seen every single one of them. Yeah. But um, yeah, but there's something about there. There really was something in the spirit of this new one that I thought did a really great job of, I love the guy mo- of modernizing Poirot in a way that didn't take away from Poirot. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I, I really like it. He's still very much occult. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, the little uh, that little Belgian detective. <laughs> um, I. Uh, yeah, I mean that's really rad to find a Christie first edition. That is awesome. In a freaking um, thrift store. I may or may like, not yikes. have once stolen a first edition book from a library. <laughs> really? Uh, okay, I did. But oh, let me tell okay. you why, and it'll make I more hope sense. The school never finds out about this. Uh, so, it was stolen from the school that I work at. Uh huh. But here's why. 
Uh-huh. It had not been checked out in over 16 years. Okay. Which meant that it was at risk of being discarded. discarded. Yeah. So I bought them a new copy of it. Ah, a current very copy, good. And I brought the home the first edition copy. And if anyone ever happens to hear this and wants that first edition back, well then, that's perfectly fine. I just don't want it getting thrown in the garbage. Yeah, there you go. It was the last unicorn reasonable. by Peter S. Absolutely Beagle. reasonable. And she also she mentioned too about like not wanting to spend a bunch of money on stories that have been around right. for fifty plus years. Right. That is a problem of the public domain law. Well, and I will get I, on. I will get on that and, that horse. And that's something. That's something where I do appreciate <laughs> yeah. when you come out with like the 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 Sherlock Holmes collection that Barnes and Noble issues. Oh, each those year are great. Nice, you know? Yeah, I, so, I have uh, one of those in the attic. Yeah, so I, I can I can down. get behind that. I can get behind. Mm-hmm those new collections of the works right. mm-hmm. in a way that's visually appealing in a way sure. that you like touching the leather cover and all yeah. that sort of, but yeah absolutely if you're just buying some paperback or even hardcover of an Agatha Christie novel and it's like that money's not going to like some charity to help new young upcoming writers learn yeah. to be like no. it, it's not like the what J.M. Barry did with the right. rights of Peter right. Pan you know yes. where he, gave it, he gave it all to a children's hospital yep. Right. Yep, yep, yep. yeah I know so or even, here's an interesting one, uh, a few years ago, probably more than a few, the Unabomber released a new book. Oh, yeah. Um, but uh, the the deal in getting it published was that all proceeds had to go to the families of his victims. All right. That was the deal with, if the book was to be published, yeah. that all proceeds from the book went to the families of his victims, and he agreed, and so a new book came out from him a couple oh. of years ago. Oh, good. Huh. That's, uh... How upstanding of uh, a convicted right. criminal. Well, we were, I was just talking about him actually today and oh. saying like the hard part is that the write, his writings are agreeable. It's very yeah. easy to agree with them. Yeah. It was the methods by which he got people to read them yes. and everything else that is horribly yeah. problematic. Yeah. Right. And so it's a really he's a really difficult subject to talk about because like no one ever wants to say, you know, I really do. I agree with Ted about all um, <laughs> You know, you yeah. just you just yeah. don't do that. Yeah, no yeah. one's piping up and going. You know, Ted has an yeah. artist soul. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, whatever happened to that guy? He was really, yeah. really something. Right. No yeah. one's ever saying. You know, yeah. Ted, you know, that the John writer, w- that John Wayne Gacy. <laughs> what? He was he writer. was a great clown and painter. I tell you. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Um, so the other response I got from from uh, Twitter was from Jose uh, Caballero, uh, who is at the Konami Man, and uh, he said he gave me two little uh, blips here. He said, "I found whipped cream and other delights by Herb oh. Alpert and the Tijuana Brass oh. on vinyl in great shape at a Goodwill." Yes, he said he ripped it and then he hung it in the man cave, uh, which uh, Herb Alpert, I'm all for. I'm not going to lie to you. There was a time I owned four copies of that album just because <laughs> just because the gal on the cover was so hot. Yeah, she is. I mean, that's, 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 that, is a, that is a fact, yep. and I mm-hmm. will I will say yep. it is true. And uh, who doesn't love uh, Herb's, uh, Herb's uh, <laughs> his jaunty tunes? Yes. <laughs> well, that was, that was the first time that that song, what, Spanish, uh, Spanish, Spanish Fleet, Fleet was, was on. I think, that was, I think that was the first yeah. of his albums that had that. Was it was it with cream? Yeah, oh. it's on there at least, and I think Is that it? was yeah. I think that was the first of huh. his albums that had it on. Well, I know it was on um, Going Places as well. Oh, the, did that come out before? I don't. Rem- I have okay. no idea. But it's on the and uh, I don't know if Tijuana Taxi was on that as well. But I don't remember that anyway. one. But it could have been. Yeah, but uh, yeah, and and the other thing that he said was he said uh, also finally got a Sega Genesis. Modded it to be region free, Ooh. and have been slowly building a collection for it. I, 
I tell you, I did not even know that the Sega Genesis was not region-free. Uh, yeah, I didn't know that either, to be honest. I mean, I never tried to import uh, Genesis games. I imagine you also have to kind of... I'm sure it's interesting importing... I, I would guess he, he's talking about importing from Europe. Uh, cause, or Japan. Or Japan, but probably more likely than not Europe, because the Genesis was a much bigger deal over there. Known as the Mega Drive. Whoa. Um, and I imagine importing games from Europe means the games probably run a little fast when they come over here. Oh. Uh, because um, of... Uh, All that soccer uh, of, of they the, play. That's right. Uh, <laughs> it's because of the refresh rate of PAL TVs versus NTSC TVs and... All that kind of stuff. Pretty cool that he modded himself. That is actually uh, really well, neat. All, all three of us in here are kind of getting into electronics and stuff like that. Uh, quite and, literally. Yeah, quite literally. Someone right here, right now, I see yeah. the solder fumes uh, coming over from in front of in front of the mic. Yeah. Um, I'm just getting started. These two guys have a lot more knowledge. Oh, no, this is my first time ever. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Just, wow. So you dove in. I, I, I'm, in. I'm just tactile. I see things and I say, yeah, that should work. Yeah, everything I'm doing seems reasonable. I, I've been I've been doing it for a little little longer than that. And, Andy's. Uh, I, I'm just and, getting my feet wet. I yeah. My goal is to catch up. And, to, and, and uh, Andy to Andy has fully dipped his feet in up to the ankles into the pool. He, oh, he's man. got his feet in. You, you can't ask for while anything. playing yeah. with electronics. Well, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> this is really it's a bold strategy, but we're gonna <laughs> see what happens. Yeah. But uh, he's saying I'm gonna get this right. Or I'm not yeah. doing it again. Yeah, but it's really cool that he's he's taken the mod on himself and yeah. did that. And also, yeah, uh, I say very uh, good luck to you building your and Genesis collection because the prices for those games have only gone up and up and up. I bought, um, I had one. A game was called Elemental Master, sort of like a shoot 'em up uh, with like show guns and stuff. And I bought it, and I want to say about 2012. For about fifteen bucks, fifteen twenty dollars, I sold it last year for eighty. Nice, uh, well and um, that is what's happening to a lot of Genesis games right now. Is that they're nice. really rocketing in prices. Well, I'll tell you what, um, Mr. Caballero, yeah. if you are listening to this, I have a a number of Genesis games mm-hmm. that I've either picked up at garage sales or that were mine, and I've just told Nate today I'm going to start getting rid of my collection. So if you if you are interested, uh, I will I will even give them to you for free for being a faithful listener to the Memory Machine. Holy cow! Listen um, to that, Jose. To huh? some to some yeah. of these games that you may be interested in that I may have. Wow! So, uh, if wow. you if you reach out to Nate again uh, and let him know that you listen to this, I'll send you a list of games. And you can tell me what you want. All right. You just have to pay shipping, because I'm not paying for that. <laughs> <laughs> you just want it out of my house. <laughs> Actually, there's there's five of them in my car right now. Maybe oh. at the break I'll go and well, there you check go. the titles, and you can say yes, please, or no, thank you. Well, uh, with, the, with the Twitter responses having been read, um, how do you guys feel about sharing one of your stories? Andy, do you feel ready to, uh, to, to share what uh, cool th- old thing you've, you picked up over the last year? Yeah, I think for me it's been a lot of pop culture comfort food. So yeah. it's been it's been a situation where there's a lot of some of the best television that's ever been made is being made right now. Mm-hmm. However, like there's that there's big prestige stuff that's happening on on cable and there's um, some of the smartest comedies ever being made are happening have either just gone off the air or are still on the air, and I'm looking at pretty much anything made by Mike Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what what includes what? That's not oh, a name I know. Mike Sure did. Um, he was one of the, he 
was a force behind The Office, but he was a, a, a more substantial force behind Parks and Recreation. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And also The Good Place, which is on oh, right now. Oh, yeah. Is that not on anymore? No, it's on right now. Okay. That, that's that's his show going on, going on right now. Also, he's um, an executive producer on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Okay, which I've not seen any episodes of. But it's, uh, it's a dynamite program, and it's very rewatchable. So, yeah, there's all sorts of really good stuff being made, by, being made right now, but I find myself returning to... Um, Shows from the past that uh, that make me happy. Um, the the Dick Van Dyke Show, for example, is something I've been going back to more lately, <laughs> um, just because mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. it's those stories and those episodes are put together like a Swiss watch. They just yeah. every part has a purpose. Uh, it none of it feels rushed. There are no episodes where you can tell that writers phoned it in. Do they yeah. all feel so solid? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, also, um, my wife and I are watching through Mash. And ah. we we mm. adore that show, and we just can't. Uh, is this your first time watching through the whole series? It is my first time watching through. She has seen it a number of times. She grew up with it. Um, as a child, I didn't get into Mash because I was told it was a comedy, but the theme song wasn't funny and silly, so I didn't yeah. know what to do with it. Yeah. Um. So I don't. I was suicide is painless, Andy. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, <laughs> that's what they said. Um. Yeah. But I. I don't think I knew what to do with it as an adolescent. But as an adult, I just. Uh, I. I eat that up. Uh, also, yeah. I've been spending some time with. Um, some of the Laurel and Hardy sketches. <gasps> really. I have because. Um, well, because I. I had gone to. Um, the theater with Nate this year where they where they did a Laurel and Hardy show, showing with a live orchestra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I just couldn't get enough of. Yeah. Um, but also because there was that biopic that came out, um, Stan and Ollie. Yeah, uh-huh. and I, I, I still haven't seen that. I haven't seen it either, but I've heard, yeah. I, I've listened to a lot of interviews with it, and I my first thought I saw it is, oh, John C. Riley, he's a broad, goofy yeah. boob of a, of a comedy, of, yeah. a, of a comedian. But... Yeah. Uh, but listening Dude, to some he, of the interviews where he, he yeah. talks about it, he talks about it so he talks about the the comedy of Laurel and Hardy so reverently. He talks about it being more like ballet than being yeah. slapstick. He said that he found uh, his his a co-star going through the steps like um, uh, in like one two three one two three like just the process yeah. of moving through things was had like a music quality yes. to it and that's funny that you say that because when laurel and hardy uh when, when they were filming their their shorts their their films um they always had a piano on set and and in between breaks they would they would take breaks and sing barbershop music together really yeah yeah so it kind of flows together i feel yeah. like because laurel and hardy um made this incredible comedy that i'm just opening my eyes to i mean i knew the three stooges growing up yeah but i it, it seems criminal to me i didn't know laurel and hardy yes and and dick i van... felt the same way about upon learning about laurel and hardy yeah exactly the same way and, and dick van dyke was such a a fan of laurel and hardy that he actually became very good friends with stan laurel mm-hmm. um throughout his life and uh and has been a big force in keeping that comedy in the forefront of, of the consciousness of the public mm-hmm. um and i just I feel like there's a, a similarity in in comedic styles between Dick Van Dyke and Alan Alda, um, uh-huh. <laughs> just in the fact that they are those that tall, lanky comedy uh, personality. Whereas it, I mean uh-huh. they're they're substantially different, but they both bring this a similar energy to the table. So that's kind Tell of a my, joke with a wink and a smile. Yes, yeah. th- th- that has been my through yeah. line um, through uh, through old fun comfort food. In, in television and movies, and I've just uh, I've been enjoying myself immensely as a result. So thank you, Nate, for taking me to the uh, yeah to the, the was showing. It, was of it Laura the Riviera where we went? Yeah, we went to the Riviera mm-hmm. Theater. That's yeah, right. it, it was Big Business was the short, which mm-hmm. is a great silent film short where they uh, 
they're selling Christmas trees in California in July, and and uh, him and Jimmy Finlayson do a tit for tat. Uh, they all destroy your trees, so I'll destroy your house. It's I pretty great. I would be great. interested to watch yeah. some Laurel and Hardy. I love Laurel I never Hardy. have. Yeah. And in that I'm not wild about silent films, as you and I have talked about in the past. Yeah. Um, and which is funny because I will watch a film that has no dialogue. Yeah, which to me is different than Koyana Scotsy. Koyana Scotsy, um, the 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 quest for fire. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll watch those or that one with like the Alaskan native who just runs through the Arctic for like hours. I don't remember mm-hmm. what that was called. Um, but I'm fine with that. But there's something about silent film that just has never really appealed to me. Mm-hmm. Um, Nosferatu's okay, yeah. but I also always like spooky things. So there's that too. Yeah. Um, but I would be interested to check them out because yeah, I I hate the Stooges. And um, really, yeah. Yeah. Hate, hate the Stooges. Hate Why? Uh, there is nothing remotely funny to me about the Three Stooges. It's <laughs> really? like it's like if you if you wanted to take um, it's like when it's like because I, I work with lots of ages of children, mm-hmm. and it's like when children say things that they know other children will laugh at, but there's not actually anything funny about what they've said. Mm-hmm. Nor is it just like a gross out joke either, or not, there's mm-hmm. just like that. That to me is the Three Stooges. It's like oh. I see what you did there. You did a thing. Now I laugh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'll do that. And people like, either love them or hate them. Yeah, there's, right? just, there's, yeah. there's no appeal to me in them. There's nothing inventive. And maybe that's, and this ties in a little bit to the conversation that we were having earlier, Nate, about like reading things. Like I read um, this year, I've, I'll, I'll, I'll mention yeah. when I get around to me, like I've done a ton of reading this year because of hoopla. But, oh, um, Hoopla's great. But the, yeah, I love Hoopla. But yeah, just like, so I, I, I felt no need to finish Brave New World because huh. I was like, yeah, I've watched and read so many post-apocalyptic things at this point. I don't need you to describe to me what a post-apocalyptic world would be like. I both mm. live in one and have read a hundred other things. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. It's fine. Yeah. No need to. So that might be how I feel about the Stooges too. Like it might just yeah. be that so many things were influenced by them that I now feel are better than them. I yeah. them. I feel it's like it's like well, I, I have no Stooges, need to own a Model T Ford. Yeah. Right? My car works better Stooges than Stooges. Stooges is just such raw slapstick. Yeah. Like it is just there's not really much meaning behind it. It's just let's hit each other as much as possible. Sure. Like that's sure. that's the goal Which of I a three like stu- that. stu- I mean, that's, that's wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, kind of. Yeah. That's fine by me. I yeah. feel like the best allegory to go with that is how I feel about rock in the 90s and Nirvana. Mm. Like I don't have I don't like listening to Nirvana. I appreciate yeah. that they inspired a whole bunch of other bands yep. and this yeah. and so they inspired the stuff I like. But going back and actually listening to Nirvana to me is just which it's no. just painful. I understand that 100. Yeah. In fact, I I feel well not painful, but I feel that same way about the Beatles. They're fine. I never oh, turn I, I never yeah. turn them off when they're on the radio. I do, but I do but, I, really? but I gave yeah. I gave oh, away all, I gave away all my that. albums. <laughs> yeah, like they're okay. Like yeah. they're, I don't want to say okay. They're actually they're they're very talented. I recognize the influence they had on the music, mm-hmm. and I like lots of things that I can immediately point to the Beatles' influence. Mm-hmm. But as for them, I'm just like yeah, but all right. Thank yeah, you yeah. for the influence because I like these other twelve right. things. There's yeah, a reason right. we mm-hmm. still don't we don't exclusively drive the Model A anymore. Right, right, yeah. That's exactly. I appreciate what I'm saying, the Model yeah. A, but yeah, I like air conditioning now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the thing I love about Laurel and Hardy is uh, is just that the slapstick is almost beside the point sometimes. Right, it is. It, it's not so much in in Three Stooges. It's that Curly got hit. That is the joke. Is that Curly got hit, um, or that he said a funny. Or that he sounded funny when he made noises. Right. Um, in Laurel and Hardy, it's not so much that Hardy gets uh, that that Ollie gets a whole like dinner set smashed on his head. 
it's the look he gives the camera afterwards. Mm-hmm. It's he, he's in Smash. All the all these things came on his head, probably because Stan did something stupid. And so he just looks at the camera with just this <sighs> this resigned look on his face, and it's so. And it, and it's just it's a so mood. That, that, it's a mood, as the kids say. That aspect where you get to know the characters yes. as if they are people. That's right. And you're just like, yeah, yeah. I'm with you, buddy. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And I'll that's, have to try that. That's what I enjoy so much about Laurel and Hardy, or or just like when um, when Stan is like trying to do something, like he's trying to drive, and Ollie doesn't like how he's doing it. So he just sort of slaps his hand like the way kids slap each other's hands when they're trying right. to get him to stop doing something. Just mm-hmm. like like that. It's, oh, I love Laurel and Hardy so much. Um, Perhaps but, 2019 will be the year that I watch my first Laurel and Hardy. All right. Now I've seen, I've seen plenty of Animaniacs, which has <laughs> more than one homage. To oh, Laurel yeah. Laurel. There's a lot of influence of Laurel and Hardy and yes. Animaniacs, to be certain. Maybe not, even an out, not, maybe not so much in outright references, but like... And a lot of reaction shots mm-hmm. to camera. Uh, Stan and Ollie are all over that. Oh, for all sure. All over that. Um, um, and for those of you who think if you if this has piqued your interest for Laurel and Hardy, yeah. I just looked it up real quick. The Laurel and Hardy Essential Collection box set DVD yeah. of like everything. Uh, not I mean, It's it may, a great set. Yeah, maybe not everything they've ever done, but, yeah. but the, definitely all, the All their sound stuff with Hal Roach. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like 60 bucks. Yeah. It's not bank breaking stuff so mm-hmm. i would recommend if you find yourself enjoying a couple shorts that you find maybe on youtube or maybe various mm-hmm. other places it it is a worthy is investment. there's not in the public domain uh they have a couple things in the public domain notably um there's a movie they did with rko in 1939 the flying deuces that's in public domain okay and uh i believe they're um uh, March of the Wooden Soldiers. Oh, I don't know yes, if that's yes, the original yes. uh, no, um, title. The, the but... Babes in Toyland. Yeah, the Babes, Babes in Toyland. That one I know. That's is, public that, domain. That, that I have not seen, but I certainly know it, and I know that clips show up all mm. the time. And there are some previous silent efforts of Laurel and Hardy separately that are in public domain. But uh, like when Stan was on his own, and he was basically just sort of like a goofy chaos character, it's very mm. weird to watch. If you, especially as you get to know them as a duo, but I, I don't mean uh, to derail us too much, but yeah. um, you would know this more than anybody else, so huh. I thought I would ask. Sure, um, I've heard some rumblings about uh, Mickey Mouse being in the public domain now. Oh no, uh, another five years and Mickey Mouse will be in the public domain. Okay, let's see if that actually holds. I yeah, doubt it. I can't imagine army. Of I Disney, doubt it. Disney lawyers preventing that. Happening. Yeah. But I thought I heard something about a whole bunch of new stuff being in the public domain, including yes, Mickey Mouse. Yes, right there, there was a bunch of new stuff in the public domain on January first this year. Okay, that everything. Movie with the 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 silent movie with the guy with the clock. Yes, Harold Lloyd's Safety Last entered the public domain. Uh, now that doesn't mean that the new restoration that's out on DVD is public domain. Right. That correct. means the if you have editions. a film. An original film element that is public domain. Right. So, uh, but there were some cartoons entered the public domain, notably some Felix the Cat cartoons. Uh, uh, most iconically, um, Felix in Hollywood became okay. public domain. So, uh, what it is is ninety-five years. Um, so, everything in nineteen twenty-three and earlier is public domain, and it's the first time in I think. Over twenty years, that new that new things have entered the public domain in, in the United States. Really, because Disney has been so effective at elongating the law. Wow, oh, Disney solely. It's it's a sore point with me. Uh, it used to be fifty years, 
was public domain. Actually, what it was at the turn of the century was uh, 14 years. And if you wanted to apply to renew it, you could renew it for another 14, and then that was it. After oh. 28 years, it's in the public domain that forever. Your characters as well, or yes. just the okay? Yeah, everything public domain. Wow. So, public like, domain. if I well, if tra- trademarks might be a little bit different, and that's a honor because if I'm writing yeah. a book about Nate Lockhart, like yeah. he's the character in my book. Yeah. And then 14 years go by, but I'm still writing more Nate Lockhart books. I would hope other people can't start writing them. Yeah. Because then you have that confusion over, like, that one James Bond movie that isn't really a James Bond movie. Oh, like Casino Royale. No, it, no, 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 well, no. The, oh. the last Sean Connery one. Oh, Never Say Never Again. That's the Yeah, one. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, you get kind of that situation. But that's just for the, the record, whole, I, I would yeah. read the Nate Lockhart Chronicles. Well, it's actually <laughs> a, it's a, it's a young adult erotica series. <laughs> I stand I stand by my previous conviction. Starring yeah. Nate Lockhart. Great. Yeah, but um, I didn't want people to know it's him, so I actually call him Taint Lockhart. <laughs> that's a sound strategy. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that sounds like a Mr. Show sketch amping up. <laughs> Taint. Anyways, uh, let's take this opportunity to go on a quick break. I think this is going to be one of those two break podcasts where we uh, take two breaks. This is a fast. We we like. It's just a nice way. It's just a way to break things up nicely. Wow. I I think it's just a nice way to break things. I hope you take three really short breaks. Like, okay, and we're back. (laughs) (laughs) We're back, everybody. No, uh, I'm going on a break. I'm. I need to pee, and I want another beer. So we'll see you back in just a little bit. Here's some fun commercials. Bye. I've had my Atari computer for only a while now, and already it's my best friend. He's so sensitive. The thing about the new Atari computer system is that it's really easy to learn how to use. And there are a lot of things you can do with them. Right now, my computer's teaching me conversational Italian. Buongiorno. Buongiorno, my good friend. What are you worried about? This thing will never be able to chase a stick. and certainly won't be able to get my slippers. And it'll never be able to lick my face. Genesis brings you the 16-bit arcade challenge with Ghostbusters. 16-bit thrills in ghouls and ghosts. And 16-bit arcade action with Forgotten Worlds. Gruesome ghosts, ferocious foes, battles of power, of magic and might. Ghouls and ghosts, Ghostbusters and Forgotten Worlds are for the Genesis system. Sega Genesis brings the arcade experience home. Game Soul Serpent. Hey, what's up, geeks? This is Liggy Smalls, Dan Liggett, just reminding you to go on to the Patreon page. Geekyverse is on Patreon. We'd love to get your support. Every bit counts. So if you come in on patreon.com slash geekyverse, also give a subscribe to the YouTube page. Just look for Geekyverse on YouTube, and you'll be able to give us a like there. There's other podcasts. Uh, Memory Machine isn't the only one that you can listen to, because that's the one I'm primarily on. So, love it, but listen to Girls Who Geek. Geeks Got Game, who just released their fall 2018 preview. There's a spoiler cast who just reviewed the new Mission Impossible movie. And then, of course, Walking Carpet, which is all things Star Wars. You can always check out the website to view the most upcoming articles, uh, content, uh, opinions, op-eds, anything that you want to listen to or read, it's going to be on there. And then, of course, we've got the Facebook page where we'll post the links that you'll be able to see. So please, we are here for you. We want you to be here for us. We love you. We'll talk to you soon. 
tomorrow at 6 on Channel 21, the comedy continues. Oh, great. I love this stuff. Everyone's fair game for pranks at the 4077. I'll have a cup of tea. Can I have my pillow back? No. Match. Tomorrow at 6 on 21. Tomorrow evening, Nick at Night will present another new perspective on the Dick Van Dyke collection. Oh, Rob. Oh, Rob. It's an evening devoted to Robert Petrie's greatest moments. Moments of triumph. Moments of pathos. Moments when Rob probes the very meaning of his own existence. Did you ever have that feeling that you've lived through the same experience twice? Oh, Rob. Is another new perspective on the Dick Van Dyke collection. Tomorrow, starting at 8, 7 Central, on Nick at Night. Hey everybody, we are back, and uh, for this little segment here, I thought we'd start off by reading some Facebook responses that I got. I Facebook. posited, yeah, right. That's never going to last. Yeah, I know, right? That Mark Zuckerberg guy, what a joke. Um, He's not friends with Tom from MySpace, is he? Oh, <laughs> poor Tom. Um, or maybe not. I'm sure he's still a million. He's laughing all the way in the bank. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to be clear. Uh-huh. I did say Twitter's not going to make it, right? Yeah, I just want. I just want mm-hmm. each of these platforms. I mm-hmm. want to ensure mm-hmm. everyone that I don't believe in oh, their you longevity. Got it. Okay, oh, you got it. Uh, so I, I just put it out there on the Laser Time community. Um, I figured I'd probably get the most responses if I put it out there, um, and I did get a lot. So uh, there are a lot of responses here, and I'll do my best to get through as much as I can. Uh, we'll probably just have to sort of uh, gloss over stuff we know none of us are going to have anything really to say about, because there are going to be some of those th- some of these things here. But but uh, anyway. So uh, the first one was from Gabe Kleinert, and he said, "The '90s thriller suspense TV show Nowhere Man." Oh wow! Did, did you have you seen that one? Do you know what that yeah, is? Yeah, I okay. forgot it even existed, so yeah. I can't give you anything about it. But he, absolutely, he, he said he said he bought the DVDs for it back in like 2004. But within the past few months, months I started to watch it again, and a friend and I started a new podcast about it too, which won't be out for a while. But, uh, yeah, tell, tell us about Nowhere Man. What's that? I, I, I say with sincerity, I cannot tell you anything about that program. Yeah. I just, like, I had forgotten even that it's yeah. one of those names. Like, you said the name, and I'm like, oh, yep, yep, that yeah. was a thing. That yeah. was a thing that existed. <laughs> I have so, never heard of it. It's, uh, f- I'll have to listen to the podcast. I, I was not paying attention to that kind of television when I was in the 90s. I was mostly just worried about, you know, uh, am I going to get to see Rocco's Modern Life? Or, mm, uh, mm. Hey Arnold. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, uh, T. LeVar Foster says, uh, that's Travis Foster there. Uh, he says, uh, the manga of Go Nakai. After watching Devilman Cry Baby, I took a deep dive. I'm not really entirely sure what that is. I do, um, no, I don't know that manga. I yeah, don't know I don't that, know that manga. Anime. I, don't I don't know, know that know anime. Yep. Um, there is a... Um, I, it um, might, it, it's probably not... It can't be bad. There's a live action <laughs> version of... I yeah. want to say it was... Death Note, perhaps, that was on recently? Netflix. Yeah. Um, I don't know how recently it came out, but it was like, you know, the hundredth movie of some director or whatever. Yeah. And I got, so I watched it with no knowledge of it, and it was really enjoyable. Huh. It was really enjoyable. Yeah. And I just watched Monster Hunt from 2015. I just watched that last week. And one of the things that I found I really like about all this Japanese anything yeah. is they don't explain every single moment. No. You don't need to explain to me, like, oh, why is that happening? Don't. It just is. Yeah. It's fine. It's fully acceptable yeah. that that monster just 
can shoot mustard out of his butthole. It doesn't. Yeah. No one cares. Yeah. Just watch right. it and be happy. It doesn't even. I, 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 I hear Evangelion is particularly interesting for that dynamic. It's just there's so much left to mystery and That's so good. weirdness. That's what I want. Um, Zach Bernard says Ren and Stimpy. Uh, Ooh, yeah, that's a good yeah. one. Yeah. Which, find. which is it's, these days, yeah. it's a little weird. That uh, is a little bit odd. Yeah, given, given they uh, found that they found that the creator was a pedophile. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, did you know that, Andy? I did not know that. Okay, oh, now I, you do. I'm just learning things. Now all you do. The place. Now, now that is not to say that there were not. Uh, now he was not a pedophile at the time of, his, of at the time of making the Nickelodeon show. So you got. He's not a convicted pedophile. He's not time. a convicted pedophile. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, and he's not and, and a convicted was, pedophile, or he. He's not arrested. You put, you know, he's not on trial, but but he should he, be. Yeah, he should be. Okay, um, just to be clear. Uh, and there were a lot of other people, very talented people, who worked on the show and who carried it on after he went crazy, go nuts, mm. and was fired from the show. So uh, there's still a lot of great stuff to discover. Bob Camp, uh, he is the real hero of Ren and Stimpy. He's a great guy, a very gracious person. Um, read about him. He's he's the real hero behind that show, anyway. So. So uh, there you go. Um, Leonardo Espinoza says Jonathan Hickman's run of the Fantastic Four. I don't. Um, I don't know if that's comics or it, that's comics. Yeah, but, but I gotta I did, say, I did I, last year watch the Roger Corman movie. Yeah, and it honestly was not bad. Like I say with, I say with sincerity that, like, yeah. given how bad a lot of his films are. Yeah, I feel like he really tried. Yeah, <laughs> and and just because we churn out so many superhero movies now. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um. And that was a time when that wasn't happening. Mm-hmm. I would say it 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 could go toe to toe with some of our worst current superhero movies. Yeah. For something he I, had to do in a week. I'm. Uh, there's a like, great uh, documentary about that movie. I forget the name of it. Uh, Doomed is the name of it, and it's all about the you know, they interview the actors and stuff who mm-hmm. were on it, and and they thought that that movie was really going to get released in theaters. Yeah. Like, that was, it's perfectly yeah. fine movie. Yeah. Uh, but but very interesting. Doomed the documentary is interesting, and then the movie itself is and it's is on YouTube for free. So yeah, you just, mm-hmm. oh great. Uh, Jason Cromer says Sweet Home for the Famicom. Uh, Sweet Home uh, was a game by Capcom, maybe. Uh, it's a it's it's a large progenitor to the uh, survival horror genre. Oh, cool. Mm. Um, it's sort of like a art. RPG light thing that takes place like in a haunted house. It's based off of a film that uh, a haunted house movie that came out in Japan that was very popular at the time. Mm. But yeah, very interesting. Uh, t- uh, look it up. Look it up. Tom Storm says Kirby's Block Ball. Don't know that for, one for at the all. Game Boy. It's a uh, breakout clone with Kirby in it. Okay. And it's a lot of fun. So, so you're launching I, Kirby at it, the. Yeah, at the bricks, bricks. And, and stuff, and there's different power-ups and bosses and stuff. It's a lot of fun. I'm sold. That sounds yeah, great. It is a really fun game. I, if you guys have a DS, 3DS, it's on there. It's very cheap, like three bucks. Oh, cool. Um, he says, I loved both Dreamlands and the other two Game Boy spinoffs, Star, Kirby Star Stacker and Pinball Land, as a kid. Not sure how I ever missed this absolutely incredible breakout clone, and uh, it is very good. Hmm. I recommend it. It's, uh, it's a great play. Rory B. Bellows... Great name. I got that's what I, I was just thinking. Yeah. Like, yeah. I I can't believe that's a real name. Yeah, it's just... it's too good to be real. Um, he said, "You're a liar, Rory <laughs> yeah. He says, uh, "Can't remember if it was last year, 2017, but Super Metroid. Oh, which is a terrific game. Have you played through that one, Drew? No, I've not Super played Metroid? through it, but it is one of only two Metroid games that I've played. 
Oh, and really? it is the one that I enjoyed. Oh, it is. Uh, yeah, it's terrific. Uh, what was the one you didn't enjoy? The first Metroid. Oh, it's a little obtuse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Super Metroid is fantastic. I mean, nowadays with the way, you know, uh, the way Nintendo lets you play it, where you can do save states and stuff, you could probably play through it in about three days. But it's great. It's a lot of fun. Uh, Jack Gardner says, going through the weeb trash of Dagon Rampa for the first time. Oh. It's like if Persona and Phoenix Wright had a baby, but with more horror elements. I don't know any of the <laughs> uh, three animes that he referenced. Other uh, games. Persona oh. is a JRPG. Phoenix Wright is sort of like a point-and-click adventure-ish type thing, I think. I haven't played it. I can't say. But Phoenix Wright is also, it's like a, but uh, it's like an adventure game, but you're a lawyer. And you have to solve cases. Okay. And you have to... Uh, you know, pr- my uh, assumption. My assumption stuff. was that Weeb was Weeaboo. Am I yes, correct? Yes, yeah, okay. you're absolutely correct. Which uh, mm-hmm. isn't that like a semi-offensive term at this point? No, it was invented. It was invented to uh, curtail an offensive term. Oh, okay. which was I am when I say this in quotes. Wapanese. Oh, got well, it. Yeah. So Weeb was invented as a way to cut around it and not be offensive. Oh, interesting. Um. Hmm. Let's see. Uh, Amanda Kate Bird says, "I watched all of the emission of the emission. I watched all. <laughs> I watched all of the Mission Impossible movies over the Christmas break. Oh, I loved them so much. I hadn't seen any of them, but thanks to Laser Time's breakdown of the Mission Impossible franchise, I was intrigued. It was great to watch and be able to have fun facts I could sprinkle throughout." Despite my family's constant pleading for me to shut up. <laughs> yeah. so, well, that is I'll the find. best way to watch a movie, though. Yeah, right? Just to, to annoy you. your family while you're watching it. Yeah. I saw Mission Impossible 3 first, and yeah. I really liked it. And yeah. so I went back and watched 1 and 2, yeah. and I just felt they weren't as good as 3. Like, I, I like at that point, great. I just I had such a good time. I had such a good time. I haven't seen 4. Yeah. I had such a good time watching 3 that like when I then went back, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this isn't quite as good. Yeah, I I have not yet seen any of the Mission Impossible movies, but they look like a lot of fun. Yeah, um, I uh, 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 apparently there's like a real commitment to practical effects in those movies. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know about that, and that makes me especially interested to to watch that. I, I saw the first one when it came out. Well, not when it came out originally. I saw it on VHS shortly okay. after its VHS release. Yeah, um, because my aunt was really into them, and she brought that over to our house to watch with us mm-hmm. um, so I, w- I saw that one right away I missed out on two just because I had heard mixed reviews yeah. um, I believe I saw three in theaters with with my wife back when we were dating I believe we wow. saw that one in theaters that was it was it was in ago. theaters when we were in Houghton because I went with my college girlfriend okay, okay. yeah so that I de- that's definitely the one that Aaron and I saw in theaters together that's where he has to bite down on the popsicle stick while they fry the thing in his brain yeah that's yeah that was a that happened yeah um but uh, yeah, so we saw that, and then I, I've missed everyone since. I've not seen any since then. So, mm. but I, I the trailers look incredible. the The practical effects have been really yeah. intriguing, but I've not uh, I've not watched them. And so that that's a good uh, great that, directors that, that, too. Brad Bird, sure. Did Mission Impossible Four, I think. Yeah, that that would be definitely Brad something Bird? to go back and watch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Brad Bird. <laughs> Brad Bird. Brad Bird. Um, Adam Eflund says hadn't watched this in almost thirty years. Took me right back there to when I watched it. And with it, he provides a photo of this. I don't know if you've seen this, Andy. Oh my gosh, I've never yeah. seen it. I've only read the book. The I'm... Snowman, this uh, the uh, by Raymond Briggs. Um, I have not read the book or watched the movie, but I yeah, do remember the uh, commercial that you could order the, the tape. One. Yeah, well, you <laughs> could order the tape that was on Nickelodeon constantly uh, in the mid to early nineties. 
Um, I've not actually seen it, but uh, everybody who has seen it, uh, it's been a large part of their childhoods. Have you seen that, The Snowman? You know, I thought I had, but the more you talk about it, it makes me think that maybe I haven't. Yeah. So it's about like a kid, uh, there's no dialogue in it, and there's, and there's a, we were walking in the air. No, maybe I didn't. I must be thinking of something else, but no, I, I've not seen that. <laughs> anyway. Um, next one, I think I want to wait for a little bit. Can for, I throw uh, one in Drew real quick? To, just to come back. Just uh, sure, yeah, go ahead. This is super, super quick. Uh, I uh, began watching some episodes of The Red Green Show with my, oh, my wife. Yeah, recently. there and, you go. Uh, that, for those of you who don't know, that is a, a, a Canadian sketch comedy show starring... Um, I don't remember the, the actor's name, but he oh, plays a yeah, 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 uh-huh. a character called Red Green. It's coming and to it, North Tonawanda in a few months. Oh, I'm excited. I, yeah. I will oh, yeah, well, I told you about that yeah, at yeah. dinner. Yeah, yeah, but um, but yeah, so I've just I've enjoyed the just looking at uh, clips and episodes of the Red Green Show. I've I've didn't realize how much I enjoyed it. I didn't realize yeah. there were 15 seasons of it. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of Red Green Show. Turns out it's a cheap show to produce. Oh well, <laughs> yeah. 15 seasons, go. a lot of seasons. Yeah. yeah, for anything. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's like soap opera length. Yeah, and remember, if the women don't find you handsome, they should at least find you handy. Keep That's your right. stick on the ice. Keep your stick on the ice. I, I apologize hey, you, for jumping you, you, in. You got a red greenism for us there, uh, Drew? Duct tape. There you mm-hmm. go. Good. <laughs> I'm pulling for you. We're all in this together. We're all in this together. I'm a man. I can change if I have, if to, I have to, I guess. Ah, <laughs> oh, Terrific. Uh, Christian Bates Hardy says The Twilight Zone. Oh, for sure. Uh, he says, uh, Riding the Tower of Terror for the first time at Walt Disney World in September 2018 made me want to revisit the series for the first time since I was a teenager, and I found it immensely satisfying so far. I highly recommend the CBS Blu-ray box set covering the entire series. The AV presentation is excellent, and the supplemental materials really enhance the experience if you want to do a deep dive. Um... And boy, can you do a deep dive into the Twilight Zone? It's, I mean, that sounds like a euphemism. It's fantastic um, science, uh, science fiction, and it really is. And they're doing a, a new, updated version of it. And Jordan Peele is the executive yeah. producer, uh-huh. and uh, based on his work in Get Out, I think that it's that has some some promise, and it, it could very easily have some legs to uh, yeah to just be a continuation of the quality that we had with the original. But yeah, that, oh, yeah. that's a fantastic series. I yeah. I got into something that very obviously has the Twilight Zone to thank for its existence, which is... Um, Black uh, Mirror? Uh, gosh, not... Uh, uh, dark... I, dark I, Shadows? I, no, not Dark Shadows. Dark I Mirror? Thought, I, no, I thought of it while I was... While you were reading that, and now I completely forgot. It's got... Um, well, I'll, when I remember, I'll tell you. It's, it's not... And there's there's a dark. I'm thinking of the 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 opening part where it's like, and in the other side of the world is a is a there's a, a shadowy side of the world, and it's all little horror things. Night gallery? No, no not night gallery. That's uh, that led me to it. So uh, Twilight Zone. Then I thought night gallery with Rod Serling also, and then I thought of Tales from the Dark Side. Yes, there you go. Tales from the Dark Side. Oh. Uh, I rewatched a little bit of Twilight Zone too this year. Uh, Trey, uh, who has been on the podcast before, sure. was really keen on doing a feature of like uh, the uh, ten best Twilight Zone episodes per season. He was really gonna. I mean, that's quite an undertaking. Yeah, that's a that's a commitment. Yeah, so I so I took some. Uh, I, I did what I could and tried to 
come up with, with some stuff to, uh, to, to, to say. Um, I rewatched a few episodes. There's one, uh, one of my favorites was one called A Game of Pool. Have you seen that one? It's where a guy gets upset. He's, he plays pool at this, at the local, the local hall. And, and, uh, he's a really good pool player. But he's upset because every time he plays pool, everyone says like, "Yeah, well, he's really good, but he couldn't he couldn't beat this other guy. There's no way you beat this guy, and this other guy is dead." Mm-hmm. So he says he gets upset and he's like, "Why? If they keep saying that I couldn't beat you, but I have no chance uh, chance to prove myself to say that I could. So why is that fair? You know, I I want my challenge. I want to beat you." And then he gets his wish. And he plays against this guy who is dead, who is supposedly one of the best pool players that's ever been. Okay. And uh, it's a great little character piece, character study of a guy who's who's desperate to be known and to be appreciated. And it's really good. It's really good. Hmm. Um, and the thing about doing a deep dive on the Twilight Zone, man, is like... There's so much. How do you do that? Like, yeah. There's so much <laughs> content. Well, it's, it's especially interesting because how many... I mean... The William Shatner thing on the plane, the guy who yeah. breaks his glasses, Jimmy who sends people out into the cornfield or wherever, yeah. you know, makes them disappear forever. Mm-hmm. Like outside of the handful that are just super notable, yeah, right, super notable. Um, um, I mean, I don't want to say those are the best episodes because I, I don't feel that way. You know, I don't, I don't know enough to feel that way. Yeah, but I, I definitely would say that, like, since you have those in sort of the American zeitgeist mindset of that is the twilight zone Mm -hmm. it would be hard to really make anything else hold up Mm -hmm. it seems Mm -hmm. to me that because that is what we think of as like the twilight zone that is those are twilight zone episodes those are the best ones that's what they are Mm. so there's to it but there's so much more to it like there's so much there's one i saw with um a girl uh who played samantha and bewitched Okay. It was her and Charles Bronson in an episode, hmm. really? and it was amazing. Um, it's sort of a post-apocalyptic thing where, like, these two people find each other and try to recreate normalcy in the midst of a wasteland. Um, a sort of post-apocalyptic death wish. <laughs> yes, I have a I have Death Wish on VHS. Uh, still sealed in plastic. That's that how it I have stay. Never. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm learning more and more as time goes by. Um, I'm trying to look up one here on the. Uh, I could have swore that I had it right here. I think it's called um, "You Wouldn't Want to Live Here." Hmm. But it is uh, essentially this this guy. He he's a, a small time crook, and he dies, and he goes uh, he goes to uh, what he believes to be heaven. And, oh yeah, I know what you're and talking he, about. He gets everything he's ever wanted. He, yeah. he, all the most beautiful women, all the money he could want. He lives in a giant house. Every every game he plays, he wins. Yeah, um, he's just um, this the the luckiest guy on earth because he's just complains that he's never had any luck in his life, yeah. and uh, he keep, he wins at everything. And then he it comes to find out how uh, how hollow and frustrating that is, and he goes, "Oh, what kind of heaven is this?" And he's like, "You're not in heaven. Yeah, you're in hell." Yeah, right. <clears throat> this and, is the other place. Yeah, he says because he cackles. Yes, yes. Uh, but man, yeah. that that episode like it, it's got some some. You know, resonance and some teeth, and you, yeah, you, you think about it too much, and, and it, it really leads you down some philosophical rabbit holes. And, yeah, but right. man, oh man, that that's probably my favorite. That, I don't know that that's a super notable one that people I talk certainly about. Don't know. I mean, I mean, I know it, but that's because I think we watched it together that's uh, in very, college. Very possible, but no, that that is my probably yeah. my favorite one. And, there's another one. The thing I love too about the Twilight Zone is sometimes there wasn't even really a point. It was just here's a strange story because 
here's a strange story. Right. Five characters in search of an exit is something like that to me. Mm-hmm. It's just a weird story, just to be one. Right. Um, I and I I can't tell you what happens because it just spoils the whole thing. But it's still interesting, and it sort of makes you think. Well, what what was that even about? Like, what, how does these things fit together? And it's just I don't know. What am I supposed to? What do you think? Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, we can go on about Twilight Zone for forever. That yeah. could be its whole own podcast. But, sure, sure, sure. Uh, Tim, uh, uh, Tim, I apologize if I mispronounce your last name. Tim Duby is the French pronunciation, or Dubis would be the American one. Uh, he says, this made me feel very old, Twin Cinema by the New Pornographers. You remember when that came out? I remember hearing of the new pornographers, <laughs> yeah. but that I was like, in college at the like, time I heard about yeah. them existing. Yeah. 2002? That was like 2005 or six. man. Oh. Yeah, I know. We were in college when that came out. Um, and Night Falls Over, uh, uh, Night Falls Over Cordetala by Jens Lechman. Two um. excellent, excellent albums. Uh, yeah. Uh, in fact, I'm going to look up real quick when Twin Cinema came out, because that, like, when he said, like, that was old, I was like, I'm sorry, what? Yeah. I did not believe that. 2005 is when that album oh, came out. Geez. Yeah. And I remember very, very vividly when that coming out, and I remember reading reviews for that album. Uh, let's see. Charles Jackson said, oh, and by the way, New Pornographers, great band. Yeah. Great, uh, indie-ish power pop stuff. Oh. I haven't listened to them in a long time. This makes me want to. I enjoyed this one quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, Charles Jackson says, Old boy. Old boy. Holy SH, that movie was effed up. That's been on my Netflix watch list for as long as we've had Netflix, and I've never watched it. Hmm. Now's the time. Now's the time. Abandon abandon all projects. Uh, Watch Old Boy. Uh, I have not seen it. I don't even know what it's about. So. Drew, you have to fill us in when uh, you, you find got out. It. I'm sleeping over and watching your Netflix. That's right. All right. Sounds good. Daniel Boswell says, uh, The Gorillas with a Z. Mm. says, I remember listening to them in middle school only to stumble onto them on Spotify. Turns out they still make great music. Yeah. Um, I had a buddy um, yeah. shortly after college who was really, really into them. And he would. It's one of those. It's kind of like you don't bring up gorillas around this guy because he will stop you for twenty mm, minutes until you're right there. Like some people with fish. Yeah, yeah. But uh, uh-huh. no, they, 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 they make quality stuff. Yeah, they do. They do. I remember. I, I never was really into them, but I, I uh, was not unhappy when like their music videos came on mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Yeah, they were pretty I, rad. I can't say I ever tank s- girl. I can't person. say I ever sought them out, but I yeah. can say I enjoyed them. Yeah. No, that's really good music. It's, I'll, yeah, I, I agree with you on that. I would never seek them out, but I would never be upset to hear them. Um, let's see here. Uh, Carrie Chandler says, "So many games. I went on a real retro gaming kick in 2018, courtesy of the Retronauts podcast and Vigi Game Apocalypse, both of which I discovered that spring. Um, and if you're going to discover Retronauts only this spring." That is a podcast that has been around since 2006. So that is a big back catalog there. If you only discovered them in the spring. There's a lot of content. But uh, I met the Retronauts guys. They're pretty cool. They're they're, uh, they're very very kind, very smart people. Um, Retro gaming is like all I do. So I will uh, carry. I will acquiesce to provide much feedback because uh, 
Retro gaming's uh, like uh, what occupies my hobbyist's life. <laughs> so <laughs> there you go. Let's see, Zachary Steer says he got way into shiny hunting last year. Oh my! Uh, Pokemon. Yep. Uh, yeah, sure. Shiny hunting. Uh, haven't done it in a while, in, but in like three months, I hunted like eighty or so of them. Jeez, Louise! Wow. That uh, that's a lot. That is a that's lot. A of lot. Shiny Pokemon. I never. Uh, that's something I never thought to pursue because of the daunting task of it. I was just like, nope, I'm not spending money energy into that. Uh, if it happens, it happens. Cool. But if not. I'm not sweating it. Uh, did you ever go into uh, sh- uh, shiny Pokemon hunting, or was it you were like me? You're just like, no, nah, I'm not even. I just nah. played regular Pokemon. Nope. Nate, I think you broke my video game. I didn't break it. Uh, Jorge Hernandez says Dune. Haven't read it. I haven't read it. Haven't seen the movie. People so I know who have read it tell me it's the greatest thing that's ever existed, and they it's yeah. it's like, yeah, it's. Almost like religious fanaticism. I've I've yeah. I've been tempted, however, lately because I haven't gone through so many books, to mm. dive pretty deep into something that's going to take me a long time, and that's Ringworld. Ring. Okay. Yeah. That's a, there's a lot of content in Ringworld, I, like more than the that, world of Dune. That is um that's a name I've heard before. Yeah, because Dune's yeah. basically like a book, and then there's all sorts of you know everything yeah. else that then goes around it. Mm-hmm. Whereas Ringworld is sort of this continuous and overlapping thing so we'll see what happens yeah cool um and then finally amanda pruitt says carl barks's donald duck and scrooge comic books mm. oh, yeah. and those are wonderful they're very good they're not yes. written down to children which is what's no, nice not at all before we i even had kids i bought those books just for myself because i enjoyed them so much. Now, I know the Donald Duck comic um, books, if, like the original ones, are, are worth obscene amounts of money. Yeah, uh, it depends. The, so, well, some of them are. I mean, most of the ones you come across aren't really in that great of a shape, so they're not worth that much money. Sure. But if you find one that is in good shape, it's worth a lot. But but there are re- re- reprintings out there that you can buy for less uh-huh. money. Yeah, right? I have I have about eight of them. I have oh, really? eight, eight of the volumes because they're only like twenty bucks a piece, and oh. so I buy them. And Teddy and I read them together, and then uh, get another one after that. And there you go. Um, yeah, um, I, I see, I replied, replied to that, set, just saying, like, I fell in love with those books a couple years ago, I now read them to my four-year-old at bedtime, and yeah, they're terrific stories, the sure. adventure stories are great, I love how, um, human they are for comic books that star ducks. Yeah, um, they are for yeah. ducks. Uh, it's, um, I, the character of Donald in those books is so much more fleshed out and thoughtful, than um, in uh, what you call it, some of the in, in the cartoons, sure. yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's great stuff. Have you have you read them? I've not. Yeah. I've not had that. Okay. I've heard nothing but good things. I'll have to let well, you probably bar- mostly I'll, from you. I've heard good yeah, things. Yeah, I'll have to let you borrow one. See if uh, maybe just one. Uh, uh, or two. Nope. Or two. Okay, just one. Uh, I'll have to let you borrow one. See what maybe uh, if um, if Nora enjoys them. Yeah, my daughter. Sure. I, I bet I bet she would. They're just su- they're just such fun stories. Oh sure. Um, but the first one I bought was the Old Castle Secret, and that was that was a winner. It was a good place to start. Okay. Uh, that is all the Facebook replies. I read them all. All right. That is the longest uh, listener part of that so far. So 
Um, Drew, are you ready to read some of the stuff, or would you, or to, not to read, uh, but to let us know some of the stuff, the stuff you discovered? Would well, you like me to yeah, go on? No, I see your testing. Give, I don't want. I'll give. Uh, I'll give you. Well, there is there is correct amount of voltage going into the board. Okay. Which That's means good. the problem that happens somewhere in the board. Okay. Which leads me to believe it was when the capacitor fell off, mm. and we put on a different capacitor. I don't. I'm not saying it's the fault of the capacitor. I'm saying somewhere in our capacitor process. Yeah, I, I I do think there's a couple pads there that may have been joined and I can't unjoin. I don't know. We'll have to look at it. We'll check it yeah, out. We'll have to look at it. So anyway, uh, I first and foremost mm-hmm. got into books in a way that I never have ever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll just say a couple of these aren't necessarily pop culture per se, but uh, our friend Dale suggested to me. Herman Hesse's Siddhartha, which was mm. fantastic. Um, and I felt like, yeah, this is a pretty accurate reflection of my life experience of life. Um, mm. And then Kurt Vonnegut's Cat's Cradle, mm. which uh, I wasn't as into, and yet I still find myself thinking about it a lot. Like, it comes it comes to mind a ton. Um, much more recent books, one of my students from last year, she told me that she read all those I Am Number 4 books, and she, oh, yeah. she suggested I read them. Uh, and what she told me was, and I'm glad she told me this, she said, if you're not in the number one, but you like the last scene of number one, try number two and see what you think. And number one is a sort of vague, you know, alien love story, blah, 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 mm. teenage alien thing. Sure. Well, the end was actually really interesting. So I said, okay, I'll give number two a shot. Well, I'll tell you what, two through 11, I just blew right through. Mm. because like they're they're very very well tied together really engaging they have supplementary material that explains why things aren't just sort of these deus ex machina type moments Mm -hmm. which was really fun Mm. um and the the author that i have not yet dove into dived into uh is but i have his book sitting on the shelf waiting for me i borrowed him from dale is isaac asimov because the more sci-fi I was reading, so those are just a couple of examples of books. I, I really genuinely went through a ton. Rewent through To Kill a Mockingbird. It had been years since I read that one. Um, went through Something Wicked This Way Comes again. Uh, finished 1984. I never realized I'd never finished it until I got to the very end, and I was like, oh, I didn't. Yeah. I don't remember this. Um, yeah. So, uh, but Isaac Asimov. The more sci-fi I read, the more I said. All these people reference Asimov and his influence on mm-hmm. them. I should really read some Asimov. And so I have not yet. But So I really just got a lot into reading. And I realized how much I love, love, love the writings of um, Bradbury. The way mm. Bradbury writes is just beautiful. It's just beautiful prose. It's mm. the most poetic prose I had read in any of those books that I came across. Um, so that's in the book world, which is a new one for me. In mm. the music world, two old bands that I discovered... Um, and the one of them, they were just playing, uh, CBC Radio 2, the Canadian station, will play a whole album and talk about the songs as they go. Mm. And I, I can't believe I'd never heard of this band before. The band is called Love. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and the album, their third album, Forever Changes. That's a great album. It's incredible. And I'd yeah. never heard it before. I didn't even know it existed. Do, do, and it's do, it's so do, do. wonderful. The whole album, beginning then, is Be great. alone. So that led me on to... Uh, well, and there's, yeah. there's one line on the one song. Oh, the snot, uh, snot drips onto my pants or whatever. Yeah, so, yeah, like, yeah. You know, I just, so some of the lyrics are a little bit ridiculous, but, yeah. but it really is this masterpiece of an album. And yeah. um, and so that kind of let me say, well, what other um, 
like prog rock bands that I not know about because I, mm-hmm. I I was I'm, that's sort of my favorite genre of that era. Mm-hmm. And so then I listened to a little bit of Camel, who I also had never oh, heard of. Oh, cool! Camel, and then I found two more recent prog rock bands, um, both different in style but both enjoyable. One called Perfect Beings, hmm. and one called We Came from Space. Um, I don't know anything about these bands. I never researched the bands. Just yeah. listened to some of their albums and really enjoyed it. Uh, been listening to some King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. <laughs> That's a uh, great name. A great name and very yeah. enjoyable music. Their recordings I'm not as wild about as their live stuff. They're very talented musicians. So to mm. hear them do it live is, is very impressive. Do it live. Um, do it live. Do it live. So that's what I've explored in the music world um, and in the film world i've i've seen a few things for the first time um i watched the seventh voyage of sinbad for the first Mm. time i knew ray harryhausen as a stop motion director Mm -hmm. i first saw the jason and the argonauts the golden fleece when i was in like eighth grade and it just really stuck with me one Mm -hmm. of my my english teacher showed it one time and he thought i wasn't into it because i kept making jokes but he doesn't realize like that's just how i do things that's that's how i probably the most into it of anybody in the class um, yeah. And so I came across Seventh Voyage of Sinbad or Seven Voyages, whatever it is, mm-hmm. at the Goodwill and picked it up. And I really liked that. Really, really enjoyed it. Um, finally, finally, finally got around. So when I was in Alaska, uh, I went to Blockbuster Video. Yeah, yeah. one of the was, two remaining I went blockbusters. To, I was there the last week of Blockbuster in Alaska, so I went to both of them, the one in Fairbanks, yeah. and then I drove six hours and I went to the one in Anchorage. Um, <laughs> not just to wow. do that, but I yeah. you know, happened to while I was down there. Yeah. And uh, and I picked up Attack the Block, which I kept hearing about, oh, yeah. and I'd never gotten to see, so I got to see Attack the Block, which was a really great film, uh, sci-fi, um, black comedy type yeah. thing out of England, and a really, really good movie. Uh, there's a few more, and I've just really been, I, I've really been, basically what my list has been is, uh, anything that I feel I should have read or watched that has cultural significance and I don't know it, mm. I'm trying to hear, watch, or see. Sure. Uh, and anything that I've just kept telling myself, man, you keep saying you want to see that, but you haven't sat down and watched it. You haven't sat down and listened to it yet. You haven't sat down, you know, d- do it. Mm. Just do it, you mm-hmm. silly goose. Mm-hmm. So that's what that's how I've been trying to do. Yeah. Uh, Seventh Voyage of Sinbad is really great. I yeah, have, I have that on really uh, Laserdisc. I, I, I probably watched it like a dozen times. I yeah, really enjoyed it. Uh, the follow-ups are because um, there's Seventh Voyage of Sinbad, and then there is the Golden Voyage of Sinbad. Ooh, it's pretty good. I, I enjoy the Golden Voyage of Sinbad, and there's uh, what's the other one is uh, Sinbad and the Eye of the Tiger, which is okay. Yeah, right. Uh, that one's okay. It's a little slow going. Uh, there's not as much cool stop motion stuff as uh, the first two in the Sinbad trilogy, but those are good. Those are really good movies. And there's just something really charming and really endearing about them. And not that that one wasn't on my list of like culturally important things per se. I just wanted to see it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really glad I did. Yeah. Really enjoyed it. But there's I and and so Molly every year. That's my wife. Every year she. Watches Frasier, the whole thing. Yes. Beginning to and end. My wife does the exact same thing. And I and love... my wife and your wife are sisters. What? So, yep, weird. That's true. And, uh, when. And, yes. and I love the uh, I love the jokes on that show, but I was just mentioning today to you, Nate, that uh, yeah. while the podcast was not recording, that there's a lot of them, though, that I still don't totally get. Yeah. And so I've also been like, anything they reference... I'm going to try to read it, watch it, listen to it. So they, so Frazier, there's a whole episode about him wanting to get How Green Was My Valley at the video store. Oh. Well, guess what? It's free on YouTube, so I watch How Green Was My Valley. Beautiful film. Absolutely beautiful film. Um, He talks about uh, reading Walden with his son. 
So, read most of Walden. I did wind up putting that one down, just wasn't super into it. Mm. Um, but I, but I, you know, went yeah. for it. And so, right. so even things like that. So, so Fraser's going to be sort of my, um, my compass for things that I should probably know yeah. that I don't know for the coming year. So it's been a very good year. But another one that's um, just sort of general knowledge that I didn't know this existed. Uh, when we were cleaning out my grandmother's house, we found my grandfather's, I'll call it yearbook, for lack of a better term, from mm-hmm. when he was in World War II. Whoa. And it was his his division. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was every single invasion they did every plan every everything but like after the fact written and compiled by someone it had maps it had photos of every single group of every single guys wow a a group of guys it had everything every single detail you could possibly want to know about his particular unit platoon division whatever the term may be Mm -hmm. appropriate uh it was in there it was just super interesting to think that like a someone took the effort to do all of that but yeah. B, that like that's not what I think of when I think of a yearbook. I mean, like yeah. most likely to succeed, not like well, yeah. here's D Day and here's V Day, you know? Yeah, right, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And here's uh, Jim. He didn't make it. No, uh, right. Yeah, just like right. Whoa, yeah. Some heavy stuff. Gee whiz, boy wow. howdy. Well, uh, with that, I think we'll go on our second and final break, and uh, we will be back uh, just a quick second to. Uh, Read off a couple more, uh, couple more responses and my response, and then uh, we'll call it a night. of forgotten kingdoms. legendary superhero who fights through all the torments of hell to save the woman he loves from the world's most powerful sorcerer. This is Sinbad's greatest adventure. The seventh voyage of Sinbad. She was once a beautiful princess. The sadistic magician shrinks her to the size of a tiny doll. And now, Sinbad must do the impossible to save her. He must destroy a legion of hell-spawned monsters on the death-shrouded island of Colossa. See the flashing death of the living skeleton. See the attack of the giant two-headed bird. See the dance of the cobra woman and feel her deadly slithering embrace. See the spectacular battle between the one-eyed Cyclops and the fire-breathing dragon. The incredible magic of Dynarama recreates the enchanted, breathtaking adventure that could never be told before. The Seventh Voyage of Sinbad.
Hello, everybody, and welcome to the second break of this podcast. I know this is uh, kind of a rarity for the memory machine. You usually get one break. But uh, in this case, oh, good, uh, lucky you, you're getting two. One thing I've forgotten, one thing uh, that was not in the standard um, in, in the standard issue advertisement for the, for the break. So the, the first thing I want to mention is that there's something actually that I forgot in the podcast, that I, another thing that I discovered. Um, I will be quick about it because it's not as much fun to recount, uh, to recount this on my own as it was in front of uh, friends and colleagues. But uh, one other thing that I got into o- over the year of last year was uh, the Atari 7800, um, the oft-forgotten little brother of the 2600, uh, which is quite unfair. It's a pretty cool system. Uh, lots of uh, people tend to dismiss it due to the fact that it's mostly just uh, a lot of old arcade ports which is true but they're just done excellently um, Joust on that machine is great uh, Donkey Kong is great um, oh jeez uh, Food Fight, oh my gosh Food Fight's incredible, it's the only port of that game as far as I know I think there is a uh, there's sort of a clone of it for the handy color computer but uh, but really the thing that makes that system shine these days anyways is the homebrews and there are terrific homebrews that have been released for the Atari 7800 if you go to uh, atariage.com and you go peruse the store or better yet go to the Atari Age forums and you can go into the 7800 subsection there and, and you'll just find a wealth of imagination and, and and uh, innovation with regards to the Atari 7800. Right now, someone is working on a baby Pac-Man port. That's crazy. Baby Pac-Man, if you don't know, is a half-video game, half-pinball hybrid game. As far as I know, it's never been ported to anything. And it's quite amazing that it's being ported to that. And and I know a lot of people who actually have played the old machine have said that it's actually not that great of a game. Uh, apparently, people, I haven't tried it out yet myself. Uh, I haven't fired up an emulator, but a lot of people who are playing this are saying this game is amazing. Uh, apparently, he, uh, the I believe Do- Bob DiCrescenzo is his name, uh, and he is doing a, making a lot of tweaks to the game to make it more playable and more fun and all that kind of stuff. So. Uh, yeah, check out uh, the Atari 7800 and its homebrew scene. And in fact, there's a terrific podcast by Sean Courtney called uh, the Atari 7800 Homebrew Podcast. And that's been interesting to listen to and hear about uh, people who are keeping this uh, little forgotten machine alive. Uh, other than that, that little uh, addendum to the podcast, there's something else I would like to plug. Uh, something I've been working on for a while and I'm very, very excited to get it out the door. Uh, I was, for, for those of you who are familiar with retro video game collecting, you may be very familiar with the Pong clone of the 1970s. Uh, there were lots of them by different companies and in all kinds of different cases, usually involving uh, some degree of wood grain, which I love. Uh, well, I managed to track down and have an interview with the inventor of the chip at the heart of those many machines, uh, the somewhat infamous AY3-8500 Pong and a Chip. 
uh, I was able to, to, to find him and ask him some questions about his wonderful little invention. I've always been fascinated by the Pong clones, by the fact that they were all sort of powered by the same chip. And uh, and looking at the data sheets for the chip, it's, it's amazing how simple it is and how simple the schematic is to, for putting it together. It's, it's quite amazing. But uh, it was very thrilling to be able to talk to him and to get that story out because as far as I know, he's never been interviewed for this before. At least not that I could find on the internet. So uh, please do read that. It's a great window into the world of home video games at a time when there were like two of them. Uh, I believe when he invented the chip in late 75, 76, uh, the only things that existed were, as far as home video games, were Atari's own Pong console. Actually, by the time he, he was develop he was developing this, the chip in late 73, 74. So, at the time, the only thing that existed prior was the Odyssey. And this man was at the forefront of... Was a for, uh, he was one of the leading pioneers of home video games at the time. And I really encourage you to, to give it a read. He's a fascinating man. And uh, he had a big place in, in the history of video games. So, But anyway, with all that having been said, let's get back to the final short segment of this episode. On the next Nowhere Man, imagine an army like no army you've ever seen. Because its soldiers are children brainwashed to follow any command no matter how evil no matter how insane the conspiracy that's out to destroy thomas vale is breeding a new generation of killers and he's their next target nowhere man coming up next at the kirby's block ball testing center we bounced off every wall Sat on every spike. And busted every block. Good. Until the game was ready for Kirby himself. It's ready! Kirby's Block Ball, now on Game Boy and Super Game Boy. Hey everybody, we're back for the third and final segment here. Uh, I have to lead off this segment, and we have a couple more user responses to read. Uh, this one is from former guest and dear friend of mine, Dan Liggett. And he said, uh, Things I discovered, or rediscovered, in 2018. Uh, first thing was WWF LJN action figures from the 80s. Uh, lots of great names. Fun to check eBay, Marketplace, etc. for the best finds. Um, if you know what those LJN figures are, they were usually immobile and rubber. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know what I'm talking yep, about? Yep, yeah. Yep, I didn't uh -huh. realize that's what they were called, but yeah, yes. And in fact, he has, a, he has a picture here that he sent me of Lou Albano that he has. Oh, yeah. very good. <laughs> Which uh, is a lot of fun. Do they have uh, a Cindy Lauper one? I don't know. Can't have Captain Lou Dan, tell Cindy me. Lauper. You got a Cindy Lauper one there, Dan? Um... So, yeah, he's, he's, he said that. He's been uh, collecting those. He said, number two, he, he said, classic AWA from the early 80s. What so is that? Thanks to WWE Network. AWA was the American Wrestling Association. 
and it was notably where Hulk Hogan got his start in America with ah. uh, wrestling. Uh, he was a heel, and I don't think he really. Uh, of course, he didn't take off there. People started to like him a lot because the guy just has charisma for for miles, especially back then in the eighties. Right. And but that but it wasn't he wasn't the guy that the AWA wanted to push. Uh, I believe it was Greg Gagne was just Vern Gagne's son in the AWA. Uh, and they wanted to push him instead or something like that, and he wasn't really he wasn't really the guy, so he went jumped to WWF and made his name there. Uh, yeah, AWA is really interesting. Um, that that was the wrestling that they would show on ESPN back in the eighties when ESPN was desperate for content. Hmm. Yes, they would show AWA wrestling and uh, Australian rules football. And uh, cricket matches. No, not no, not 80s. meaning uh, football played by Australian rules. Meaning like Australian rules. Yeah, football. <laughs> right? they just like they right. got real into. Right. And then it would be a high school football game. Yeah, cool. uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Isn't it mm-hmm. crazy that ESPN used to be hungry for content, and now they have six different channels? Yeah, right. ESPN, have... the Ocho, and... ESPN. They have a, they they have a channel that is dedicated to showing old games. Yeah. ESPN Classic. True. I can think of no bigger waste of time. <laughs> but uh, I maybe I'm wrong about that. I don't know. You, I am sitting in a room full of Unless... all of your random collections. Yeah. <laughs> which I'm, I'm not going to lie. I mean, yeah. because I'm not a, a sportsman myself, yeah. uh, I do agree that that is probably a terrible way to waste time. But yeah. I, don't, I don't really think that you're... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I I just well I just think like the the point of a sporting event is to see what the outcome is going to be and once you know what the outcome is what's the point of watching it. I I don't know. That's just me. Unless it's of course a wonderful performance such as the greatest NFL comeback of all time. Of course. Uh Bills versus the Oilers NFL wild card game 1992. Oh my. Uh, yeah. I might have even gotten you that stub. Who knows? That's, that's entirely possible. That's in there. Yeah, that's right. I, mean, <laughs> I got I got Andy some. For those who don't know what that means, yeah. at an estate sale, I got Andy some some uh, Buffalo Bills ticket stubs from ninety one and ninety two. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, pretty cool. For sure. Uh, bills were hot at that time, maybe. Uh, and he, and he wraps up. Uh, Dan wraps up by saying, number three, uh, my one non wrestling related item, the works of Chris Farley. Oh, is really funny. I watched a little documentary on him recently. Oh, yeah. Just because, honestly, just because it popped up on my YouTube feed while I was working on something in the Mm -hmm. basement. Was it I Am Chris Farley? Uh, Yeah. Oh, that's just, Mm -hmm. that's a dynamite documentary. And I was like, and I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah. And I was like, I can keep keep working on it while this is going. Yeah. Yeah. It was very good. It's a great documentary. Makes you, uh, it's one of the few things that might make you want to watch Billy Madison. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because Chris Farley's in it and he's hilarious. But, uh, and, and Tommy Boy is just there's something magical about Tommy Boy. You, you I, and I both feel this. I Andy completely Parks. agree. I, I did not even grow up watching it. I didn't see it until college with you. But even when then, when I saw it, I was like, "This movie is special. special. This yes, movie is sp- it's special." It's possible yeah. if if I were to work multiple eighteen hour days in a row, I come home, I'm dead tired, mm-hmm. my head just hits the pillow. Mm-hmm. If Nate Lockhart walks in my room and says. I know that you're beyond exhausted. Want to watch Tommy Boy? The answer yeah. is yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I will get myself out of bed, and uh, and it will be worth the time and the effort. Yeah. I like that. Mm-hmm. That guy in a little coat. What's your favorite little rascal? I, 
It's just there's, there's so a, much there's of a Chris it. Farley movie that I, sure? I genuinely thought yeah. was really funny, but most people yeah. either didn't or ignored, and it was almost heroes. Oh yeah, yeah. Matthew, yeah. Perry, Matthew Perry, Chandler from uh-huh. Friends, and Chris Farley are explorers mm-hmm. competing against Lewis and Clark. Yep. And I, I really thought that was a funny movie. That was released posthumously, I think. Oh, was it? Yeah. If not, it was right towards the end. Yeah. Uh huh. I remember seeing advertisements for that movie in the back of my Sonic the Hedgehog comics in the 90s. Very good. <laughs> I think those were the saddest moments of my childhood when I realized, when I had, you know, kind of realized that Chris Farley and John Candy were both gone. And, and they both went out with westerns. Yeah. Uh, oh. John Candy went out with Wagons East. The one where he goes riding on a horse playing a tuba. Uh-huh. And, and I thought to myself, that poor horse. Yeah. Uh yeah, that's very strange. Yeah, two two fat comedians going out that way. Yeah, that was when my innocence was was shattered. The idea that like I love these guys. Let me can I see more stuff? Oh no, they're both dead. They're it's gone like, oh, forever. My, yeah. Oh my goodness, what a what a heartbreak. Oh, I know this. The owner of the Toronto Argonauts gone forever. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. John Candy owned the Toronto Argonauts around the time that he died. That. Um. Anyway, uh, and here's one other response. The last user response here that we have is from another previous guest, uh, uh, often a contributor, colleague of mine, uh, friend Trey Whittish. He says, uh, So I didn't so much discover something great from the past as I rediscovered something I loved from the past. He says, I recently got a subscription to Stitcher Premium, which is a podcast service for those who don't know. Certainly. uh, And have been devouring the back episodes of the Super Ego podcast. Super Ego is an improv podcast that features, quote, case studies and profiles and self-obsession. Hmm. This theme is used as a loose framework to present wildly hilarious vignettes that elicit loud bursts of laughter as it constantly catches you off guard. It's more than just four guys joking around a microphone, though. These guys are production pros. There's no empty atmosphere. The, uh, the characters live in fully realized environments. He said, listen, especially to their Star Wars spoofs. The editing is top-notch. The comedy moves at breakneck speed, creating a sound collage that will have you spitting milk out your nose. He says, uh, on the topic of sound collage, we finally get to my rediscovery, listening to Super Ego. I couldn't help but think about another favorite comedy group of mine that I hadn't listened to in a very long time, the Fire Sign Theater. It's a joy to rediscover them through Super Ego. Weird, absurd, manic, and above all, funny. I spent many hours laughing at their albums. How can you be in two places at once when you're not anywhere at all? And don't crush that dwarf. Hand me the pliers. <laughs> that's, a, that's a funny title. I like I, that already. Uh, um, I still marvel at the sound design and production on them. Music, cri- music critic Robert Christgau uh, once quipped, The Firesign Theater is a comedy group that uses the recording studio at least as brilliantly as any rock group. And there's really nothing else to say, except they'd be scary funny in someone's living room, too. I suppose that's all there is for me to say, though. Man. And uh, you got a couple of clips here from Firesign and Super Ego to check out. Um, I yeah, I, I haven't... I'm not familiar with either of those things, but he's selling me. Yeah, yeah. I'm very yeah. interested in that from the standpoint of, like, I've never yeah. heard anyone speak so positively ever yeah. about something like that. Yeah. Sure. Uh, and Trey... Uh, I mean that's his wheelhouse. Like, yeah, he knows that, what he's that, talking yeah, about. Yeah, he's really deep into theater performance and improv. So yeah, I'm really interested to check that out. Yeah, I've, I've met uh, Trey a number of times, and I yeah. know him well enough to know that when he makes a recommendation, that 
full throated and that confidently that you take it seriously. So yes. yeah, I'll be I'll be checking yes. out the the, the uh, what was the ego F- podcast? Called? Uh, Super Ego is the name of the podcast. Super Ego. Okay. Uh, it appears that there's some highlights on the YouTube that probably be interesting to check out. Sure. And uh, Fire Sign Theater is the one, and I believe those were um, actual comedy albums. Yeah. So uh, yeah. No, 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 no. Fire Sign Theater. It sounds like it was a group in the don't. Touch my dwarf unless you have a pair oh. of tweezers or whatever it's called. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, don't crush that dwarf. Can be the pliers. That's the one. <laughs> it's a what? What a title. Um, so we'll wrap up with uh, me saying uh, something that I discovered this last year, um, and it's been kind of hard to figure out something because chances are, if I did discover anything, you've already heard it yeah, through he, this podcast. Yeah. So. Uh, so Nate, would you say the great old things you discovered were the friends you made along the way oh boy andy you know me so well i do i made so many great friends i've i've rekindled friendships my goodness old friends Um, new friends one with a family that's it um no but the one thing i do want to bring up uh that i just haven't had a chance to throughout the podcast um mainly because it's just i i i i gotta get some uh there's people I, I have in mind to, to do this podcast with me about this particular subject. But I bought last February, I want to say. I think it was either February or, or March. I bought a TRS-80 color computer. Yay! Uh, the, the TRS-80 color computer was a follow-up to the TRS-80 that Radio Shack made in the late 70s. So I believe the color computer came out in like 80 or 81. Uh, TRS-80 was in black and white and had no sound. The color computer uh, was in color. What? And had four voice sound. Um, Holy smokes. And the TRS-80 uh, name is a, is a bit of a misnomer. Uh, TRS-80 was named so because of the Z80 processor. Oh, inside of, of it. Uh, the color computer has a 6809 Motorola, which kind of renders that nickname moot. But anyway, uh, I had a lot of fun with it. Um, it's really easy to put software into it because all you need to do is download the programs off the internet, and through a computer program, you can uh, through a computer program on your desktop in Windows, you could turn them into WAV files. And then transport those wave files through the cassette port. Just put your put hook your smartphone up to it uh, into the headphone jack and play it into the computer. And you can play all sorts of different games. So I've got to tinker around with it. And uh, it's mostly mostly what I played is a lot of uh, arcade clones, like Donkey Kong clone. That's very well done. Sure. Um, and a couple that are a little bit more obscure. They did a they're. Um, it's the only time I played a... Uh, was that me? Beeped. I think that was you, buddy. It's the only time I've seen a port of the arcade game Nibbler, which is a really fun game. It's sort of like, you know, the snake game where you get longer every time yeah. you eat something? It's like that mixed with Pac-Man. So it actually gives you a structured maze instead of just... Hmm. Uh, and you move around in like Pac-Man. So hitting the walls doesn't hurt you, just hitting yourself does. Sure. It's a really fun game, very fast-paced, very fun. Um, but it was just fun to tinker around with an old computer. Um, the insides of it are not that complicated. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, there were some problems with mine. It had something called a yellow bar syndrome. No. So, uh, I fixed that. What by, did you do? I don't know. It was just that way. It's a very common problem with my model. So I The funny thing that, about you having yeah. just gotten that yeah. is that my dad then... Yes. Found one. Yeah, your dad Your dad then found your old family one. Yep. From back we in the day. We knew we had one sitting in the barn somewhere. Yeah. And not long after Nate got his, yeah. dad found his, and he's like, oh, hey, did Nate still want this? Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I, it's a little too late, but um, I, I still have to see if your uh, tape deck works. Oh. You, you actually have the original tape deck. And the printer. And the printer. Uh, oh. I wouldn't know how to test that. I don't have any paper for it. but Oh, I can get the paper. Yeah, it's got to have the holes on the sides. Yeah. Um, I used to have a ton of that at school. But it has a yellow bar, so it's something to do with... I won't get bothered with details too much, but uh, there's a little yellow bar appears on the side. So I tinkered around. I was able to fix that, but the colors were still wrong because of something bad and something went wrong in the computer. And I figured this out just last week. I figured out how to fix the colors. Yay! So those are now correct. And you posted Everything's this on, fixed on your Twitter, right? I posted I, this on I've Twitter. Been following this, I was up. so excited. I posted on every social media I'm a member of yes. because I was just so happy that it finally, <laughs> after months of tinkering, probably close to a year of tinkering, it it's been solved, and uh, I now have a fully working, fully functional. Tandy color computer to 64 kilobytes of memory, and uh, yeah, it's been a blast to mess around with, and the and the hobby community for that particular computer is very robust. Um, a lot of very enthusiastic members, and it's been a lot of fun to uh, mess with stuff because you have a whole community of people to be able to chat about it with, and that that makes it a lot more fun. That's nice when you could do yeah. that. So yeah, that's the big thing uh, I did, and I think with that. Uh, that about wraps it up. That and that's all she wrote. That's all she up. wrote, gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining me on this podcast. Thank uh, you for having us. Yes, absolutely. Do, do you guys uh, have any plugs? Any well wishes for the new year? You know, I don't. Okay. Goodbye. See you, Drew. <laughs> Andy, uh, I'm just dipping my toes in a whole bunch of different new hobbies all at once, and yeah. uh, that's probably a recipe to fail at all of them. But <laughs> I uh, no, I specifically have a couple in mind that I'm working on. One being the uh, the electronics building, yeah. of uh, of just taking it step by step of learning how to put a proper circuit together, yeah. um, followed by small little projects that I can learn the basics from that I can build on to, to better mm-hmm. things. So just a, a whole bunch of different hobbies all at once this year that I'm hoping will uh, culminate together into uh, a really, really fun hobby and uh, see where it goes from there. There you go. There you go. Uh, wh- where can we find you uh, on the onlines and all that? Um, I am uh, <laughs> days away from deleting my Facebook because, oh, God. Yeah, I, boy. I hate Facebook so much. The only reason I'm on Facebook is because of all the hobbyist groups I'm a part of through Facebook. Yeah. It's the only reason I have it. Oh, I hate Facebook so much. Yeah, um, it's the worst. Uh, I am on uh, Twitter at uh, mm-hmm. the Andy Parks with an underscore at the end of it. So the Andy Parks underscore. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am uh, the Andy Parks on the Instagram jams as mm-hmm, well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And will we be hearing updates about your progress with electronics projects? Oh, and such? I'm, I'm sure I'll be posting these things. Absolutely, that'll um, be fun to see. Yeah, yeah. As we learn and grow together, as a, as a family, as a family. 
old friends, new friends, old with the family. Friends, new friends. Hey, <laughs> and I how never we started actually, him. I don't, never actually left. Don't don't <laughs> put a quarter in Drew Burke, anybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, I'm Nate Lockhart. I've been your host this episode, and probably will be your host for the next one. You can find me on Twitter at nate underscore lockhart. Uh, I tweet mostly about uh, old stuff. Uh, you can find my saga of fixing the computer, probably, if you get on there right now. Um, and you can find me on Instagram at nathaniel.lockhart. That is Nathaniel with an I-E-L at the end instead of the A-E-L that you'll find in the Bible. Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah. Anti-biblical. That's me. Um... I'm trying to think if there's anything else I want to say. Any well wishes for the new year? Um, folks, continue to get out there. Discover some new stuff for yourselves. Uh, share it with others. Because uh, it's not fun to enjoy this stuff in a vacuum, necessarily. Mm-hmm. Unless, uh, unless you enjoy vacuum. You're into vacuums. Unless you're into <laughs> vacuums. Love them Hoovers. Or uh, Oryx, if you're one of those people. Mm. Uh, but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, with that having been said, thank you very much for listening, and uh, please continue to listen to the podcast, and uh, grateful to have you as a listener. And I love you. Bye.